Welcome to another episode on the Prismatic Academy podcast. I'm Chrissy Marie, and this is a space where we explore all things energy, healing, and human potential. Today, we're venturing outside of our traditional interview format to share a casual chat I had with my friend and holistic guidance coach, Reginald McIver, and I, along with most people, know him as Reggie. He's super fun, full of wisdom, and as an intuitive teacher, he has a unique gift of showing others how to clear the energy of the past, push through the obstacles of the present, and get you on the journey to your new reality to live the life that you want, which is perfect because that's pretty much what we're all about here. We're totally in for a treat today. So just to preface, Reggie and I had a freeform conversation and it moves pretty fast in covering a wide variety of topics from how energy gets stored in various organs of the body, defining moments in life and overcoming fear, establishing the relationship to the self, and we even touch on the energy of relating to others, both from a micro and macro perspective. It was also a beautiful summer day when we recorded, and we did have this chat outside, so please forgive any background noise. And since I don't have any updates that I can share with you at the moment, we'll just jump right in. So here it is, episode 12, Real Talk with Reggie McIver. Oh, okay. I'm going to jump right in. Um, dang. I don't even... <laughs> okay, so I need the warm-up. <laughs> it's, it's more for me, but I try to make it out to be about you because that's what being a good host is all about. That's right. Making that's you, right. That's right. Making you comfortable and you look good. All right. So now you learn my secret. Um, well, I was trying to think about how we got connected. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know that we were connected on Facebook, but I can't remember... The first interaction, how did that even happen? I know that the first interaction was you did a fingernail reading for me. Yeah. Right? And that was super unique. But yeah. I have no idea how that even, you know, popped up into, what's even the word I for it? Like I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. How did that pop up? So I was, just, I was like, oh, what a mystery. But how cool and how, you know, interesting. But. And I guess. I love the fingernail reading. And so, I guess to give people an idea of what it was, was I basically sent you a picture, uh-huh. right, of my oh, of my hand, of my fingernails, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then you send me back a reading that had to do about the energies and the functions of certain organs in my body, right? Uh-huh. Is that how it works? Or maybe you can explain what pretty, you do. <laughs> pretty much every nail is linked to an mm-hmm. organ, okay. and that organ is linked to an emotion. Mm-hmm. So by looking at the nail, I know which organ it's up under the under the most stress, mm-hmm. and from that, it teaches me what vibration you're sending out everywhere to go. So, is it similar to reflexology? Uh, How like there's uh, different organs are linked to different areas of the foot too, right? Yeah, kind of sort of, so, uh-huh. okay. because every organ is represented in, in the foot, which houses yeah. the largest cells in the body. Mm-hmm. So, kind of sort of, but mm-hmm. this is more like the emission of the energy. Mm-hmm. from those organs okay. so it's kind of like everywhere you go you're interacting with the universe around you whether you realize it or not you interact you communicate with people whether or not you even talk with them and your energies all of the experiences that you've been through in life all of the thoughts that you had that accumulated over the years they 
set vibration. So if you could picture the body absent of the shell itself, mm -hmm. but all of the collection of you, that spews out into the universe. The heart has an energy probably around 150 feet before you enter a room. The heart vibration is already there. Whoa. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So you're so communicating. You can like know when people show up too if you're in tune enough. Right yeah. before they even physically enter a room. It's, it's exactly. Awesome. It, yeah, and, and I teach things like that. Mm -hmm. I teach you how to sense mm -hmm. the atmosphere, or how to sense we're in relationship with people, but mm -hmm. we only know them by text message and spoken communication. Mm -hmm. But we don't learn our partners on the spiritual level and everything we react to what they do. Mm -hmm. And instead of reacting and being drawn to them in the first place based off of what they emit, you know, mm -hmm. um, animals use, they use scent, you know, we use mm -hmm. scent, but we modify the scent. So it's really not getting that true understanding. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and it's pretty much when that organ and, and a person needs to think about what are they emitting? Do you have a lot of hurt, a lot of letdowns, a lot of abuse? Mm -hmm. What do you think about the first thing you first when you wake up in the morning? What's on your mind? Because what weighs heavy on your mind is what you're emitting to the universe. And is that conscious or unconscious because I feel like when people are walking around with hurt it's usually something that they have more or less a, a subtle awareness mm -hmm. and maybe the subtle awareness is intentional right because mm -hmm. they push it down they it's inconvenient to look at it mm -hmm. or to deal with it it's mm -hmm. super disruptive or not appropriate by mm -hmm. social standards so is there a difference or does it affect your vibration whether you're mm -hmm. conscious of what you're carrying mm -hmm. or not now, it, you said the key thing, mm -hmm. you push it down. Mm -hmm. And I'll go over this. When men you communicate, we're open communication. Words are said, and words resonate within the body. So all throughout the day, you have experiences. You ride in traffic, you have hurt, you have happiness, and you process these thoughts. Let's say you were hurt in the past, and it was, let's say, anger or bitter divorce or, or something that offset your childhood. So that hurt is there and we grow older. It, it doesn't change the, what happened, hmm. how we process it, because there's no debriefing for the, the kid in divorce. Well, the parents go their way and you adapt. Now you have to go live with them. Now you have to go live with this person. Mm -hmm. So you have a defining moment. And from that defining moment, it sets a different energy. Now from that time, if it's anger, it goes to the liver. So you don't process it. You couldn't process it. So now it just bypasses the conscious. Yeah, because uh, it it comes into the mind in a permissive state, and that's mm -hmm. that's why we're supposed to examine every thought. Yeah. And once we, a thought weighs on our mind or a situation so long, and we haven't resolved it, mm -hmm. it goes to the organ. Oh. Now okay. the organ becomes the seat of the brain, like anger's housed in the liver. Mm -hmm. So now everything that makes you angry. If you don't challenge it in the mind, it goes automatically and is stored in the, the liver. Mm -hmm. So when you get older, the things are still rotating because they haven't been resolved. And there's an effective way to resolve something. And there's a way to resolve something where people just make it worse than what it is. Mm -hmm. Now, when something happens, and today, we're still putting it on top of the thing. Mm -hmm. When we wake up in the morning or when we get relaxed... The same way it got in through the organ is that the organ begins to send thoughts to the mind to have a conscious thought of it. Mm 
Mm. So when, when people wake up in the morning, all of those heavy things are on their mind. Okay. This is the body, the organs asking for you to release the issues from life mm -hmm. so that they can go on. Wow. And then uh -huh. so when you take that a step further, is that when we start to see like um, the disease and discomfort and the exactly. symptoms with exactly. the or organs? Exactly. Okay. Uh -huh. I feel like we opened up a can of worms with this, <laughs> just with right? Because mm -hmm. we, could be, we could go like, mm -hmm. oh, let's talk about words and frequency and then how that impacts us. Or let's talk about mm -hmm. how um, energy comes into our body, how we receive it, because we're receptive and uh -huh. we're also generators, right? Uh -huh. But I guess, where do I want to start with this? <laughs> because, when, okay, let's start with bringing energy in when it comes to us. So, um, say something, so like a divorce, right? Mm -hmm. And how that affects you. Does it affect you in different ways? I can imagine it does, like mm -hmm. at different ages, right? Because mm -hmm. like when you're younger, you're kind of like blindly accepting everything as truth. So it's mm -hmm. like, what do you do with that when the mind can't? consciously determine like what's good or bad the mind can't really choose mm -hmm. or understand what's going on mm -hmm. so what happens i mean does it even matter or are we just at an unfair advantage when it comes to, <laughs> to energy i think i think it, it falls on the responsibility of the two parties that are getting the separation of divorce mm, yeah you know what we do is we don't get a divorce we get a divorce we get visitation and then we secretly tell the child our view of the situation right so instead of doing what's best for the child mm -hmm. we try to prove or form a relationship with the child mm -hmm. based off of how we want them to think so mm -hmm. the child therefore it might work you might get the child not to like the father you might get the child not to like the mother mm -hmm. but what you don't realize is that you get the child not to like their boyfriend you mm -hmm. get the child not to like their life so yeah. once it's introduced by the parent then it has a mind of its own yeah, because you set the program into play. Yeah. Wow. See? see? Okay. That see? makes sense. Yeah. Um, fear. All A lot of these things, your, your first memory of fear is usually going to be introduced by the parent, whether it is through their fear being projected on you mm -hmm. or them not properly helping you shift fear when it comes. It's like um, you see a child running towards the road and the car is coming. So there are two ways to respond. You can fly out in the road and get the child, and then you can spank the child, and then you can all of your fears going on the child. And what are you doing? You're 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 mm -hmm. rushing your fear to them. Then mm -hmm. you're taking your hand and you're reinforcing the fear within yeah, them. Yeah, you're physically so, transmitting it. And so Whoa. now that fear is planted, now they're aware of fear. But fear has a character. A negative energy comes to do three things: kill, steal, and destroy. There's never a good outcome if negative energy is left up to itself. So now that they have fear, anxiety comes in, they take fear to school, and let's say they choose everyone else on the basketball team except them. Now they have anxiety because they want to be picked and they get overlooked. Now that rolls over into the classroom. They don't want to answer questions because they don't feel like they're good enough to answer the question or people might laugh at what they say. Then it rolls in to not get picked for this. And now you've got major fear. That you lost your whole life. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's why you didn't get that promotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 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 you learn to be quiet, and you yeah. learn not to even go up for it right. because you're afraid to be overlooked or afraid of failure. And it was all introduced at one point in life, but fear has a mindset of its yeah. own. You know. Yeah. And the fear that was given to you. Uh huh. That was probably given to your parents too. Exactly. Yeah. I talked a little bit about that in like family constellation therapy. Really? Have you heard about that? Really? It's just like going into the energetic programs of the family loom. Yeah. But 
I like the topic of fear <laughs> that you raised. Um, so I was trying to think of what my first fear was. Mm-hmm. And I think I know what it is. It's probably a fear of, um, I wanted to say failure, but I think it's a fear of disappointing people. Ah. Right? Those ah. two things are different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In um, my mind, they're different. I, I think they have their, their own uh, characteristics. <laughs> yeah. Each, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. so it's um, not, not wanting to let people down. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know where that's associated mm-hmm. or where it came from. I mean, but and what's, I was curious to know what your first fear was, if you don't mind um, My first fear um, started from a dream that I did not have clarity on. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on the playground. And in the dream, my mother was shot violently. And she looked at me and she says, I'm not going to be able to be here for you like I was. Now, immediately after I had the dream, she got sick. And she had to go in the hospital. So when she went in the hospital, you know, I would cry every night because I never been separated from her before. Well, her sister came to live with us while she was in the hospital. And I cried so much. She said, listen, your mom's going to die. She's never coming home from the hospital. So you might as well get used to it. What? How yeah. old were you then? Uh, I was no more than seven. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, when so she, she was dealing with her fear too, right? Of the loss. Yeah. Where, yeah, she wanted me to stop crying, but didn't know how mm-hmm. to nurture what I needed. You oh, know, wow. and I, yeah, yeah, you know. So, but mm-hmm. she knew that my mom was not sick and the death. Mm-hmm. She just had to be hospitalized to mm-hmm. get it under control. Mm-hmm. So when that, when she told me that, I had a defining moment, and everyone has a defining moment where something is interjected. Because of that, I went in the room and I said, "Well, I'll never let anyone get that close to me again, and I'll never oh. love anyone that hard again in my life." Mm-hmm. So after that. Even though she came out of the hospital, there was a mm-hmm. wall between us. And whereas I used to sleep with her every night in the yeah. bed, I started sleeping on my own. And I would not let her hug me. I would not let her kiss oh. me. Yeah, defining moment. But that defining moment took me through divorce, took me through not being able to sustain a relationship because I could not let anyone get close to me because yeah. I did not want that to lose them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I have some of that, too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Okay. So I like to think of, and this is a recent realization for me, but I like to think of fear as more of a compass. So it's not deterring you from anything. It's not telling you to avoid anything, but it's trying to shine a light on something for you to look at. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you agree with that? That, that it's like, it's asking you to look at probably the one big defining moment or choice in your life and to make a decision about it i think that's the ultimate way to overcome fear Mm. so fear has the purpose of kill stool and destroy but Mm. the positive side of that universe says listen that fear is there and in order to get where you're going you're going to have to overcome what's already there and i call it ejecting fear and it is it has characteristics of its own so i would agree with that and I would agree that you will have that defining moment where you're going to have to get rid of it. A lot of people never get rid of their fears. And they live life and they pass fear down from generation to generation. And that is why generation births a black sheep or someone who's born into the family that does not think like everyone else and is rejected by everyone mm-hmm. else. Because it's the duty of that black sheep to change the generational line. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> like since we both seem to fall into that category unequivocally. <laughs> so there had to have been a lot of fear around you, right? Because mm-hmm. the black sheep, right? 
-hmm. would definitely be you, right, mm -hmm. and your family. Mm -hmm. So what fears did you have to overcome in that space, and how did you do it? Like, do you want to share a little bit about your story? Um, overcoming fear was sometimes life you can't see your fear. You can dream your fear, but you can't see your fear. I started out police officer after the military. I made it up to the executive level. I was a SWAT team member. The funny thing was in my dreams, I knew that I, I, I had the natural gift, the natural ability. I knew that, you know, since a kid, my hobby was healing puppies or healing birds and mm -hmm. you name it and I would try to heal it and mm -hmm. didn't know why. I wasn't a spiritual person, but I knew that it was something within me that mm -hmm. kind of could make things feel better. So make a long, making a long story short, I got into the police department doing my job. Desires and dreams were happening. I would always dream about losing my house and losing my mm -hmm. car. And in that dream, it stirred up so much fear that I would wake up and I would have to think about my car and think about my house and why I'm always dreaming about this. And there came a point in life where I had to make a decision. I opened up a herbal store and I was on the SWAT team on one hand, dangerous enough, and I would leave SWAT and I would come back to my herb store. So I was working around the clock and I saw clients all up and down the East Coast helping them fix disturbances in the body that was caused by energy. Mm -hmm. And I was using herbs and different things to help them. And I got into a relationship and I had to face moving to the West Coast. If I wanted to keep the relationship, I had mm -hmm. to move. And it was basically giving up 18 years of work with six years to go. It was giving up house. It was giving up everything. And facing your fear of being close to somebody too, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, all of yeah. all of those fears. All and trusting that yeah. person enough to move into the unknown. Mm -hmm. California from South Carolina. And the fear was, was there. And there was a, a, something that came to me and said, if you stay where you are, you can be great. But if you move, you can make people great. And so I jumped and I got married. I moved and I moved straight into Hollywood. And Hollywood wasn't what I thought Hollywood would be. It wasn't. What? Yeah. 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 And, it, and it's that a moment you come to yourself and you say, wait, I did it. I, I faced uh, some things. Yeah. But now life begins. And for a minute, I came and I was like, I used to be a lieutenant. I, I, I wore a uniform. I demanded a certain amount of respect. I commanded men. Now I go into a room and I'm lost. And I found out my fears. My fear was fear of losing a job, fear of losing materialistic things, fear of being in a relationship and not knowing what's going on. And every fear that I had began to manifest themselves day after day after day. And that put me into a slight depression. Yeah. And in that depression, I had to find out who I was. And I had to tap back into addressing what happened with the fear on the playground. And I had to go all the way back there. And this is what was coming to my mind. Mm -hmm. I can't get close to people. I can't. I run from things. And I wanted to run. And, and I said, I can't run. 
So when this thought came to my mind, I said, wait a minute. You've got to freaking resolve this issue right here. What happened? I said, my mom got shot in the dream. Did she die in the dream? No. What was the dream doing? It was warning me that my mom was about to get sick, but she wasn't going to die. But she would not be able to be there because she was going to lose her job and she needed my support more than my rejection. What did you do? I rejected her. So it says, make your relationship right. Now, here's the thing about energy. Once you realize this, this is why people call me a miracle worker. And I'm not a miracle worker. God's a miracle worker. I'm, this is what you have to realize. That once you settle energy, everything that was withholding from you because of that has to disappear. Because everything in your life based off of fear was just an illusion. It was not your life. But you drew these things into your reality. And when I said this, one day, and after going through all of that anger, every mm -hmm. organ has its story. So when I went through all of that, I said, listen, I've given every negative energy inside of me an assignment. I said, from what happened with me and my mom, I'm going to teach people how to face and overcome their fears. I'm going to teach people when they're at a pivotal point in their life, how to make that jump, how to make that move, and how to overcome it after they make the move, how to have a support system there. You jumped and you did the same thing to follow your passion. Now what? And I said, if I had to go through all of those things and had no one to talk to, surely I must help people that came or are going through what I've been through. When I did that, life changed. And when I say life change, my thoughts started, thoughts started coming to me. It says, listen, now that you got this, if you leave people, where are you going to take them? Now, this is what you need to do. And when you understand purpose, things begin to happen to make you have a better purpose. So it's, it becomes not about you, but about all the people that are following you. And now, instead of me getting things from me, I get things for generations to come behind me so that they can see at the end of the process is this silver lining. So everyone, no matter what they suffered with, what they suffered with has to become their story to help free others or they die with a talent that they never used. So. Okay, but I have a bone to pick all of because I agree with all of that completely and I've experienced it, right? You've known that. But, yeah, so I felt I shared similar things to where, I, yes, these experiences were put in front of me to overcome them and because mm -hmm. I went through it and I've been there, I am better able to relate to others and to help them heal, right? Mm -hmm. But that is so frustrating, <laughs> right? I mean, because even when you think back and you're like, oh, man, that dream, it wasn't meant to, like, cause all of these uh -huh. problems uh -huh. in my life. It wasn't mm -hmm. meant to mm -hmm. have all of these consequences that had such big effects, mm -hmm. right, in, in every aspect, mm -hmm. right? It had its little tendrils into every aspect of your life, and it's like, it was just a miscommunication, but it's not uh -huh. even fair because mm -hmm. you're like a kid. Uh-huh, exactly. So don't you exactly. ever get frustrated with that because I get really, really frustrated. Yeah, yeah but it, it, but the more... And then all you can do is like laugh about it in the end, right? Yeah. Where you're like, oh man, yeah. you got me, universe. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is. I mean, the universe has to have a sense of humor. Yeah. I believe I it. I would say so. I would say so. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I think at times it, you go through stages. It, the realization, the frustration, and then the summary. When you're able to answer the question, no matter how bad it is, 
What did it teach me? And what has it made me become? And when you can answer those questions, you're ready to release. A, a person will come to me and say, I had it. I'm ready to get out of marriage. I'm done with it. And I'll look at them and say, how has it made you better? And if you can answer that question, then it's time to move on. It's yeah. something that you hated made you better. And I think that's the whole purpose. When you're created, it's known what the desired outcome is for your life. But I couldn't put things in your life like graduating high school early, going to college and getting the perfect mate and driving the best cars. And when you were born into being a warrior, there was a desired outcome. So I had to raise you up kind of like a barbarian to get you to have the desired purpose that I wanted from your life. And see, and once, and we, we get mad because we didn't have a silver lining and we're measuring up what a family should be according yeah, to. Yeah, placing judgments on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and once we do that, we become. Fix it in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> judgments yeah. are very funny like that. Yeah, see. <laughs> so, all right, so we're kind of getting into mindset, right? Because I feel like what you're asking people and from your clients, like how did the experience make you better? You're coming from a place of abundance and value. Uh-huh, exactly. Like that's the mindset and building more upon that programming. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really been helpful for me is just playing with the idea of what is good and what is bad uh-huh. and trying not to place a judgment on it or – at least placing a judgment on what I think is good, right? Uh-huh. Like what I want more of. But uh-huh. yeah, when, once I realize is, you know, once I state that something is bad, the universe is like, yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what it is, you know? So mm-hmm. that's just the pattern that gets put into play. Mm-hmm. But do you help, or how do you help people stay really fluid around their mindset and how they see things to where it can be like to, yeah, that was a horrible experience, but look at, you know, how much you got out of it. Look at how much you've grown and how much better person you are. Yeah. My journey is to get people to have relationship with self outside of self Mm. to step back and look at life at any point. You notice I I had a near death experience and Mm. in that near death experience, I actually stepped outside of my body nothing that I wanted to do. It was like I was ejected from my body. And this is the kicker. My life began to review itself. Oh, man. So you, yeah. And you were lucid about, you're yeah. like, oh, man, this is the review yeah. process. Yeah, wow. it, it was the craziest thing because... And, and did you feel like that wasn't the right timing for you? Or did you feel like that wasn't right? Listen, I was scared. I yeah. was trying to bargain with God. Oh, I was like, God. More time. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I knew my purpose. And uh-huh. I think knowing my purpose was yeah. the only thing that saved I was... I was doubled over. I had no breath. It was something standing beside me out of my peripheral. And I'm like, is this death? And so um, I'm looking at my life and everyone says my life flashed before my eyes, but mine didn't. It was shown Mm -hmm. to me. And I began to feel feelings of guilt, anger, happiness, sorrow. And I was feeling the organ structure. I was Mm -hmm. feeling the essence and mummification. They don't mummify the mind. They mummify the organs because that's what holds the essence of you. So when I was doing that, I I, I, I begged and I said, okay, God, you showed me things that I was supposed to do. And you you said I was supposed to do this. And I came back to myself. But when I came back to myself, I started teaching people the principle of this. Step outside of your life and look at it. And don't look at your life from within. Step outside. And when you step outside of it, Look at all of the barriers that you put up in your life. Look at how 
when you that said, you put up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, look at what you put up. And you look, why didn't you let this person get close to you? Or why didn't you let um, this happen in your life? Why is it when abundance came, you said you don't have to be rich and you don't have to have this and you mm -hmm. don't have to have that. And you set, and what you did when you step outside of yourself is that you created a prison for why you can't move in life. Right. Now let's remove those walls. First, we have to start with your belief system. We have some jacked up belief systems based off of falseness. I had a, a jacked up belief system based off of an untruth. I was given a gift, but I, my gift turned into a fear prison. And when you look at it, once you believe something, you begin to produce chemicals in your body. So even if I tell you something contrary to what you believe, you actually have a, 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 a chemical production in the body that helps reinforce your, even if your belief system is wrong. So now, you can't believe it. Even, even if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> See? Well, you know? Is that a positive or negative? I mean, I guess we can't go into good or bad, right? Uh -huh. Like, we shouldn't place a judgment about it. But it just feels like, oh, we're at such an unfair advantage to uh -huh. so many things, uh -huh. right? Because, mm -hmm. like, even though, like, where do the beliefs come from? Exactly. Right? Were exactly. they given to you? You know? Exactly. Did you have the knowledge and experience to be able to, like, consciously decide mm -hmm. for yourself in the moment that that uh -huh. happened, right? Uh -huh. So what do we what do we do with this? Like what's kind of the first step to well, navigate through that mess? I'm glad you asked. I um I go several routes. The first thing is challenging the belief system, getting you to see that it's there and asking you to be in tune with your body, what's going on. If I and religion is one of the largest topics that's gonna get a belief response out of people. And if you tell them something that, if I, I use crystals um, mm -hmm. with Christians in conversation, and they say, "Well, I can't use that because that's of the devil," and what? and that is mm -hmm. like it's it's not right. And I and I say it's not right. And they say, "Yeah, it's not right. You can't use those. That, that's in the Bible." I said, "It is." I said, "You're right. It's in the Bible." I said, "The ephod that every priest wore in the Old Testament contained crystals, topaz, rubies, labradorite, things mm -hmm. that were designed to realign the." The energies in the person's body when they're sick. And they're like, that's not, that's not, I said, read your Bible. And I said, matter of fact, go to Revelation and read what heaven is made of. Mm -hmm. It's made of crystals. Yeah, and the 13 gates, right? Or the 13 <laughs> doors, they're yeah. all like different crystals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I was like, that. David, mm -hmm. who we all mm -hmm. talk about every Sunday in church, mm -hmm. David got in trouble. He said, go get me my ephod that I might talk to God. So in other words, there was communication. Mm -hmm. And then I go into them with frankincense and different spices that was used in the Bible. And ask right. them why were they used, and they can't tell me. Now you're breaking up the structure of the mind because now you had a belief system, but your belief system has to open up based on what you said you believe. But it's just more to what you believe, and you get a person to open up. Now, when you get them to open up, you teach them to think and rationalize and go inside and get answers that they're looking for. So now, once you break down one belief system, it's like a floodgate. They quest for knowledge. Now the belief system open. This is what I, I, I recommend. And this is going to sound like the strangest thing in the world. I tell them to go get a colonic. All right. Hydroclonic. Go get uh -huh. colonics. Why? Because. <laughs> like, why, Reggie? <laughs> I get no interview question. Oh, man. Why? Because they're so fun. Yeah, it's it Okay, nothing, they're not horrible. Like nothing, I'm, a, I'm pretty much like a pansy. Like that's not horrible. <laughs> nothing okay. like a good. Yeah, a clonic. 
Carolina, yeah. You clean out your shit. <laughs> but what happens is... We can cuss on this, by the way. Okay, okay. This is my podcast. Do what we want. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say this. A lot of your negativity is trapped in the cell wall. And one thing colonic does is there's a liquid within the colon that does not solidify, but it stays a liquid. In that is some of the most negative emotions in the body. With colonics, you bring that out of the body. And when you bring an established way of being out of the body, then you have a chance to fill the body with the way that it should feel. Once you get a colonics, we go into vibration. And when you vibe, you have to spend time vibing. Um, and I created a new word called vibability. And that is groups that we make that vibe on the same thing. So once you get the negative emotions out, now you got to vibe positivity. And you have to lay in bed and you have to make up a sentence about your love, about the things that you were missing in life. Mm -hmm. And you sit there and you vibe on it. One of the hardest questions people ask me is how do I find love or I give out so much, but how do I become love? And I tell mm -hmm. them that understanding love, it's got to be a giving and receiving. No one can give all the time. And most people are giving until they give out. You have to have giving and receiving. And I spend time in, with them in nature. Why? Because plants are the first relationship. Because as you breathe out carbon dioxide, the plant gives you oxygen. And that's mm -hmm. the first law when you were born. If either one of those two cease to exist, the other one cannot exist. Most of us are a violation of nature law because we're giving, but mm -hmm. we're not receiving. Yeah. And most healers, most um, service providers, in most marriages, you're going to have one giving and one receiving. And it's out of balance. And from that, which leads to magnesium deficiency and all kind of other things, Oh man, we're yeah, just gonna jump to another call. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna no, go there. I want to hear all about it. <laughs> but I got so excited. I'm like, yes, <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> okay, I, I understand that. I've yeah. actually been thinking a lot about that too. Like, um, almost how relationships become very tit for tat, and that's kind of like the unspoken rule of, yeah. of relationships or yeah. the norm of relating. Like, I do this for you, and therefore you do this for me. Mm -hmm. But it's but because they're unspoken mm -hmm. expectations when we when our expectations aren't met, like we just create this hurt and mm -hmm. then we put our hurt on them and uh -huh. they're hurt and then the tit for tat even stops mm -hmm. and then it just spirals out of control, exactly. right? Exactly. So it's like, what can we we do to stop filling this void? And what I'm hearing you say is like, it's really um, turning more towards like symbiotic relationships and maybe like, is it recognizing mm -hmm. what is there or what is mm -hmm. real? It's, what's what's available, what's not? What is there? What okay. has always been there. Okay. And when you form these relationships with mm -hmm. the universe, love is something that exists. In abundance. Yeah. We <laughs> yeah. build a wall to it. <laughs> okay. And once we build a wall to it, we build a prejudice behind it. Mm -hmm. And we build all of the reinforcements when love is just love. Mm -hmm. And we think we got to make love happen, but we have to experience love. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you can't generate. That's something you're generated in. So the only thing you can do is pass it along. So when you build a relationship with nature, you get the feeling of love. You just allow yourself to be loved. You spend time in that. And when you love yourself effectively, you will manifest people who will love you like you want to be loved or like you need to be loved. Now, and that's love is we make love into different things. 
and remember love just is mm -hmm. right now you got a nation that's trying to tear apart again you got mm -hmm. this group saying hey we're supremacists you got this group saying hey you know we're we're pro this and this group saying we're mm -hmm. pro that but every group is controllable and every group is controlled if i don't like you based off the color of your skin and you don't like me we both lost mm -hmm. because we both shielded what is supposed to be love and we our prejudices Prejudice is something that you cannot prove. It's just something that is an, an emotion that's passed from one to the next. And it, it, it violates us. It, it destroys us. And we have to wonder, out of all of the hate that we're spreading, and all of the, I don't like you because of this, and I don't like you because of that, are we really messing up the human race? And are we really messing up our experience of love? I refuse to let a person make me hate them based off of anything. You know, and we're missing the, the, the lesson of life, you know? Well, I mean, even, like, pulling that out, too, because <laughs> I kind of, like, I live in San Diego, so we're, like, a melting pot. We're, like, we're, we're kind of, like, a no-worries kind of city, right? Like, we're chill. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we like happiness, and we like being polite. And, yeah. Um, and so I always, I, I don't know why it always catches me off guard or I always feel shocked to hear about prejudice or like division mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, separation between mm -hmm. people um, throughout in different areas of the country and how like there is still that extreme prejudice and racism and just you know violation of basic human rights you mm -hmm. know and, it, and mm -hmm. all I can do is and it's not funny but it's there's a little <laughs> humor to it because it's like we're mm -hmm. all in the same ship exactly like you pull it out like not exactly. even just as a nation but like as a planet like exactly. as a human race i'm exactly. like we're all in the same ship that's so it. why like you know if it sinks we all go down that's it. so and, 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 <laughs> like what's the point and we're, <laughs> we're connected and plugged mm -hmm. in we're plugged in what you see yeah it's not really your reality when you die none of this goes with you right what you're a face is another period of where you either have uh, remorse or happiness about the way you interacted with this level of existence and that is the key thing okay. even in in biblical studies it says who can loosen a civil cord a civil cord is known to be the thing that links you to life and when the civil cord is disconnected that is known as the process of death even the very bible is telling you that you're plugged in to reality this is not reality and how can we get mad at each other about things that are outside shell or outward shell that has no bearing in the universe. Yeah. You see, it, it, it goes nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to, like, turn the art, because there's so, so many cool things to talk about, and, like, don't want to turn it political, but, yeah, I completely agree in the, um, I, Maybe I'm just more chill, I guess, because I'm like, it's more okay chill. to disagree yeah, with people. It's yeah. okay for people to think how they think and it's want okay. what they want. It's all of our realities, like, yeah. merging together, and you don't have to accept another person's reality as your own, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm like, come on, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's vibe, manifestation, coming together, exploring a human mind. Imagine what you can do when you're free. Even... All of these things have to be tied into something. What happens when you're free? What happens when you don't have up walls? What mm -hmm. can you create? If you got a prejudice, you got a limitation. And once you got a limitation, you're no more good past that limitation. So when you loosen the limitations, imagine what can be created. 
you know? Exactly. Flip mm-hmm. it around. Like, uh-huh. what else is possible? How, like, what happens when you send support or love or, you know, yeah. like things that people yeah. could actually use and need? Yeah. 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 Like, what what more can be accomplished yeah. with that yeah. from that point of view? Yeah, you're dying. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that need that emotion. There are cancers. There are diseases that thrive off of anger, that thrive off mm-hmm. of unrest. And we're feeding them at an alarming rate and we're wondering why we send, we're seeing disease or experiencing things go up mm-hmm. because our vibrations are lowering and mm-hmm. we're lowered by constantly watching the news or constantly yeah. watching what's bad with the world and it puts us in a constant state feeding anxiety, mm-hmm. waiting to see whether or not we're going to be bombed by North Korea, yeah. living our life is just, it, it, we're it's this constant yeah. downward spiral yeah, oh. constant toxins been, so what do you do when you, how do you put yourself outside of it? Well, How do you get out of the maelstrom? <laughs> well, what you got to do is you got to turn some stuff off. Mm. Sometimes you got to unplug and you got to get out of the house and you got to mm-hmm. find your secret place where you can put your feet in the sand because that mm-hmm. drains negative energy from the body. And you got to disconnect in order to connect. And even in your house, put in organ or organs around Organate, the house. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. putting it around Love the it. house mm-hmm. where it cuts out all those emissions and making a place of peace where that you can really think and really explore. It, once you mess that up and you putting all bad in the body and everything's mm-hmm. then you're not producing anything good. You show me a person's Facebook account and I'll show you how successful they are. <laughs> oh no, don't look at mine. <laughs> Mine's all of like my puppy. <laughs> you have good stuff. You have good stuff. You, you're good. Like you're good. Mean, every once in a you're while. Good. You, you have, have, good, you have, have a great good thought, stuff. I you're, think, you're maybe. Yeah, you, you, you have great posts. Uh, great post. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, but. Anyways. <laughs> don't follow me on Facebook. Okay. She, she's positive. She's um. positive. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think I keep it positive. Yeah, I that's, think you that's do. That's what I, I like about my Facebook keep page. Keep it real. <laughs> oh, man. There's no cat videos, but my dog might show up a lot. All right. Well, we're coming up on time, except, oh, man, there's so much to talk to you about, right? Like the mm-hmm. body, imbalances, chemicals, uh-huh. crystals, purpose, fear, mm-hmm. energy. <laughs> so we're going to have to do a follow-up, I imagine. We're going to have to do a yeah. follow-up. Yeah, we're going to yeah. have to. Yeah, because this is fun. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot, and I think... Um, Next time, maybe I could just prepare you. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good job. Well, you did a great I, well, job. Well, I want to know, like, what you have to teach me. Like, okay. Yeah, I All think right. I want that to just be the opening question. I'm like, what do you have to teach me today? Because right. I feel kind of like we can be sitting around a campfire right now. And, I, I, you know, I love campfires. Like, just sitting and, and learning. Yeah, uh, so it's awesome. <laughs> we got to do this again. I'll be back in two weeks. Great. All right. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you so much to Reggie for sharing some of his wisdom and experiences with us. I always have such a great time chatting with you, and I can personally say that in our casual conversation, we've only scratched the surface on just about every topic we discuss. So be sure to look out for our follow-up session where we'll dive deeper into energy and the body, and I'll definitely give you a heads up on when that will be. Just in reflection after editing this recording, I wanted to share a few thoughts about mindset and programming and reality in general, because that's what really stood out to me. We've been talking a lot about overcoming fear and consciously choosing your path as a creator of your own reality. It's a personal responsibility where 
If you're passive about it, life just seems to kind of happen to you, which I get isn't horrible, but only because we're completely desensitized to what's unacceptable. We accept the unacceptable. In fact, I found that the majority of people live in this state of being, and what's happening is that People in this place, at this level of untapped consciousness where this is their reality, they tend to build up a tolerance to things and events that dissatisfy them. They put up with people intruding on their space and well-being and they unconsciously give up their resources and energy, ultimately leaving them in a state where they're either just getting by or stuck in scarcity. It may be subtle or widely apparent, but it's a victim mentality and a limitation to living in purpose and potential. And now more than ever, especially for those who are no longer willing to live a life outside of their purpose, we have to ask, how can we turn this around? How can we be a champion for our life with the time that we have here and for others? Let me follow that up by asking you this. What happens when we challenge our beliefs? When we apply awareness to filter our thoughts And when we place ourselves, our mindset, in the reality of possibility. What if you didn't have to simply put up with life? What if life wasn't just happening to you? What if you weren't simply adapting to the day-to-day in your day-to-day? How would your life be different if you made the decision to choose what happens to you? Embarking on this path as a conscious creator of reality really does begin with one, awareness, and two, by asking questions. And here we'll play with a small example or exercise rather to help you along in managing your mind, stories, and beliefs. Take a second and ask yourself, what have you been wanting to manifest in your life? What desires have been tugging at you? Is it a new car, a new job, a much-needed vacation somewhere? Put yourself in that moment where you have your desire and then bring yourself back to your current reality. Now take a breath here because the contrast of the two realities can be painful. A desire is a yearning. It's something that we physically feel with our being and to be disconnected from that which our bodies and energy craves creates an imbalance. Now, most people stop here because they can't tolerate the discomfort. They instead choose not to desire and to simply accept a life separate of having what they want. But it's exactly that which makes us feel uncomfortable, separated, and disconnected that needs to be cleared. These all stem from beliefs. And what is a belief really? Where is it? Where does it exist? You see, a belief is just a story a thought pattern, a program, and they can be changed with simple choosing. I'll show you how, and yes, like with any form of learning and engagement with the mind, it will take consistent practice to lay down those new neural pathways. After all, you spent most of your life building the ones that aren't serving you, right? All of that needs to be undone. So to continue with the exercise, We're going to expand upon our awareness of discomfort and take note of the contrast that exists in the gap between where we are and what we want. What are your beliefs telling you about your desire? 
I know for me personally, I had a deep desire to travel and to travel alone. I wanted to see more of the world, but I had this little voice inside my head, a fear, a belief that told me things like, it's unsafe for me to travel by myself, or if something were to happen, no one would be able to help me, and that I shouldn't waste my money on simple leisure trips that I constantly craved. Notice these thoughts as they come up for you. I like to write them down as it was helpful for me to physically see them on paper because once I could place them into my physical reality, it was so much easier for me to see how untruthful they were. When I read, it's not safe for me to travel by myself, I immediately asked why. If the belief answered back with another fear, I would ask why again, wondering where the belief came from. You see, the more you dive into the fear, you lessen its grip on your reality. And like Reggie said, once a fear has nothing to latch onto, everything that was built around it must also fall apart. It's a universal law. It was ridiculous to believe that I couldn't travel alone. It was smart, resourceful, and the truth was that hundreds of thousands of people travel alone every single day. In fact, almost a quarter of all travelers are solo, so why would it be unsafe for me to do so also? <laughs> These beliefs, they're so tricky. Now this is just one step, the first step, and what I think is the most vital and important technique that I teach in a method I call the storytelling method, and I encourage you to practice it as you grow in your awareness and step into your creative abilities. Spark a conversation with your limiting beliefs and ask why. Where did the belief come from, and is it true? If it's not, you get the opportunity to choose to let it go. I'd be really interested to hear about any transformations in mindset and reality that come out of this exercise for you, so be sure to share them on the prismaticlife.com or on our Prismatic Academy Facebook page. I'll also be sure to leave links on how you can learn more about Reggie and his incredible work as a holistic guidance coach and healer on the Prismatic Life blog under the podcast section, so feel free to check that out as well. All right, guys and gals, it's been a pleasure reconnecting with you, and until next time, cheers! Cheers!